Okay, with the filmmaking team of the Wheelchair Mafia, uh, played at the Documentary Film Festival, Michael K, the director, Josephine Hanga is the producer. Uh, I was reading your blog interview and I found it fascinating because it seems like you're working on another film and you just you just kind of like randomly kind of like got into this new other film on the weekend. On It was kind of like your mood lighting film, I guess, when you're making, making another film. It was. Yeah, jo- Josephine's always telling me to keep my keep my eyes open for um, sort of, you know, good, hearty um, films. And uh, I was filming for a corporate organization, um, G Healthcare in Hanoi, and stumbled across the story on Instagram, did a bit of research on it because it was beautiful, um, and then realized I was going to Bangkok the next day. So I'm like, hey, Joe, uh, found this really awesome thing. Uh, it's a dog shelter. Um but it was really like what we both try and do in our lives is we both try and um, do as much sort of philanthropic work as possible. Maybe not in the form of donating cash, but definitely in the form of sort of helping helping creative creatively. And um, I mean, Josephine knows a lot more about social media than I do, but the the, the website's pretty phenomenal. Their, their social media is pretty phenomenal. Yeah. And actually, when you were out there, you found this place and you got in touch with the team and you offered to go and film for them because they needed they needed content they needed more reach the daily activity is extremely expensive and they get very little exposure so and you had some time and you went over there and managed to help them out and get these stories out and yeah so it's not and you made a film in 36 hours i guess well shot the film in 36 hours yeah yeah i was only I was only supposed to go for a day and I was only supposed to shoot the wheelchair mafia, which are the just under 40 pups that are paralyzed that the organization has um, partnered with for a manufacturing firm to put wheels on their back legs so they can shoot out the gate and stuff, which is the Instagram story that we both saw that was so inspirational. Um, But when I got there, uh, things just started to unfold. Like there was no pre-production. There was no pre-interviews. There was no scouting of the location, which are all the normal things you do on a a non-scripted film, right? Um, And so, yeah, the first thing that happened when I got there was I started filming with Chris and I met Chris. And I actually FaceTimed Josephine when I was there. And I'm like, you got to meet Chris. You know, what what does Chris look like? He's he's a great (laughs) character. He's a great, great character. I have to say, you can explain him a bit better, but he has lot of history like we saw in the film and he's captivating this person and what he's doing in his history and it all shows that the you know he's really the face of his story and it's so beautiful to listen to him and to also see what all the work that he's doing it's very interesting and great character like that but he, he's chris is a classic case of never judge a book by its cover because when i first met him he's like six foot two he's super wide he's got a shaven head he's got a dragon tattoo down the side of his head he's got tattoos all the way up his arms and then he just smiled at me and i was like wow you're a good human being you don't even have to say anything and so the idea was just to go and shoot the dogs yeah as josephine make some content about the wheelchair mafia about sort of the you know the bigger the bigger shelter. I mean, how many how many dogs are at the, sh- at the shelter now that they're looking at? There? So they have uh, a bit over 750 dogs at the shelter. But they're also feeding 400 wow. dogs in the 
cats and then they have about what is that 40 something dogs uh, that uh, need a special that have special needs and so, then yeah who, so but also who builds the their wheelchair like i'm sure that was that's money and that's kind of like that's time yeah. and like i'm just curious like that's a lot of money in the building their the dogs wheelchairs too i guess right yeah. yeah, they they partner with a, a local manufacturing firm, and yeah. they um, the manufacturing firm obviously have a certain philanthropic side to their organization. Okay. So they provide the frames and the wheels, and then it just gives these dogs who are shuffling around in this the wheelchair mafia shelter just this incredible quality of life. They go out they go out at six a.m. in the morning and two p.m. and they run around this like two kilometer mm -hmm. circuit, and they just go like some of them go so fast that when they go around the corner they roll over. Yeah, and you have to go pick them and put them back on their uh, put them back on their paws, and then they and then they shoot off shoot off again. But that that was kind of like the original idea, and then I got there, and then one of the pups called Denter. Uh, I was filming with Chris, and Chris started to cry. He was looking at his phone, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Uh, I said, "What's going on?" And I'm rolling on him, and he said, "Well, Denter, who is a two year old, who." was brought into the shelter as a puppy, but then used as a mama to bring up other puppies that were brought into the shelter. Mm. Um, she was she was identified to have a, a, a heart problem and a year to live, and she made it past a year, so they thought she was okay, but she'd just gone into cardiac arrest. And, and, and she was one of Michael J. Baines's dogs, who's the um, owner. And um, yeah, I mean, you, you saw from the film, Chris just started to well yeah. up. Super sad. Yeah, what they're doing yeah. there is their entire heart, all of their hearts are so invested and to taking care of these dogs and the dogs with special needs and the other dogs. And you can really tell. And to make a short video about that is a tricky task yeah. because there are many stories to tell. I mean, 750 dogs, there are a few stories to tell there. And uh, just to be able to do that was truly re rewarding in so many ways because we had never been exposed to this organization before we actually came, you went there yeah. and uh, it moved every single vessel of one's being and they're really, really, really doing a good job. Yeah, you can tell. Yeah. In the way, yeah. So you shoot the like the you set up the film with like the the main your main character uh, Christopher, the guy who runs it, and right away the audience likes him. The first five minutes of the film, it's really kind of establishing who he is and what he does. He kind of like lay the foundation of like this. And I guess that was what you you intended to do, and then you kind of made it into a story, I guess, right? Where it was like this something was, was occurring, there was a conflict, and then you kind of just kind of just ran with it, I guess, right? You just started shooting and. Did yeah. You, did you know you had a movie right away when you were shooting it? No, no. It's only when uh, so I remember ringing Joe after I sat down with Chris because I sat down with Chris and I'm like, Chris, there's something you're not telling me here. This was this was on the second day where I decided to come back because there was something niggling in my brain about. Yeah. And I said, I remember ringing Joe and saying, like, you know, this character, there's something, there's something deeper there, and I need to go back. So Joe's like, go back. So I went back and sat him down. I just said, Chris, what are you not telling me? And he just takes this deep breath. He looks into the camera. He goes, I got this. And then he just starts telling his story. And it's like the first part of his story, which is test testicular cancer. And then it spread to his lungs, super aggressive, um, put on Oxycontin. And when he started talking about Oxycontin, which is obviously an epidemic in the States at the moment, alarm bells start to ring. 
So that in itself was like a wow factor and like, this is something that we've got to explore because of the nature of the people that are working at the shelter. Um, and, you know, I remember telling Joe the first part of the story and she's like, no way. And I'm like, yeah, that's incredible. And then I was like, but then, <laughs> you know, he starts talking about going on Oxycontin, going into remission, beats the cancer, amazing. Is that the end of the story? No. Uh, he then is addicted to OxyContin, so he finds a bad doctor, starts getting an illegal supply of OxyContin from the bad doctor. Is that the end of the story? No, that doctor then gets arrested by the DEA. Yeah, Chris is now addicted mm. on opioids, so he starts shooting up heroin. And when he said that, I was just like, where does this stop? So he's shooting up heroin, um, becomes addicted, runs out of cash. And even at that point, the story would have been incredible, wouldn't it? Like, you know, yeah. just becomes a, a reformed addict. But then he told me he starts robbing banks. And I was like, wow. And his father was the director of bank robberies for the FBI. <laughs> gotcha. So I guess he knew how to rob banks then. He did. It's all, it says it in the film. And he dad, his dad says that. What did he say again? It's like, it's like... Don't rob banks. <laughs> so, yeah, rob. that's the moral. You cannot rob a bank. His dad said to him, he said, you don't need a gun to rob a bank. He said, you just need a note because everyone's trained to yeah. give over the money. But the really hilarious bit was I remember saying to Joe, was like, he wrote about 20 notes because he thought he thought the first one was too aggressive. So he ripped it up and put it in the bin. And then he ended up on the 20th version with this like really timid note, like, hey, guys, I'm not going to hurt you, but can I have the money? Yeah. And then he got put into federal prison. But his, his, story, his entire story is just interesting. I mean, yeah. also yeah. to where he is today, it really proves, you know, that you can have many different chapters in your life. And uh, he got out of his addiction and uh, yeah. he made it all the way to Thailand, which is not next door. And he managed to do something with a lot of value. And that is uh, so incredibly important. Yeah, this well, guy is remarkable. I can tell. I can from personal experience. I battle with addiction. It's like you're just you're, you have the same you you have the same emotions. You have the same feelings. You just have to channel it in, into into a, a positive or worthwhile way, right? Instead of kind of like self destructing yourself, you can kind of put it into a positive avenue, because those are the feel you're gonna, that's your personality trait, right? And so that's sort of what you're, this is what this feel he's putting it into this, he's obsessed, he's addicted, but he's addicted to something powerful that that's doing good, right? So but isn't that amazing then? So you got out of, uh, you've also gotten out of addiction and yeah. probably put it somewhere else and were amazing and you're sitting here and that's yeah. so great. And he also did something else with it. It's, it takes a, it takes a very strong person though to do that because it's not easy. No, it's not, but it's, but then, but that becomes your new addiction though, right? That becomes your new kind yeah. of obsession, right? So yeah. put it into something good and yeah, well, that's the thing, right? It's just like, is you there's something I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's it's there. I don't know who knows what it is. It's in our DNA. It's in our personality. But there's the, that's what that's what I I've always believed in that kind of thing. So watching this film, it's like yeah, it's like there. Mm -hmm. It's like, but also too, there's the one of the subplots of your film is that it's like people dislike dogs more than they like humans. It's on his t-shirt, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we both have that. Yeah, we both, we both got those stitches. Yeah. We're all like, whatever we do, I'm not leaving bad yeah. dog without two of those. Yeah. But I think what, what a really interesting thing, Matthew, was um was 
you know, everything Josephine said, remarkable guy. The founder is actually a guy called Michael J. Baines, who comes from Sweden. Josephine's yeah. half Swedish. Um, so, and Josephine also happens to love dogs. I love dogs. So I, it must be a Swedish thing. I don't know. But but what was really lovely is, is that, that he, Chris was talking, you know, it was obvious that Chris was saving these dogs and giving these dogs a quality of life that was unsurpassed. But the metaphor of the film was Michael had given Chris that opportunity and kind of saved Chris. And it's almost like, and it came out towards the end and it was why it was so important to capture right at the end of the film. It's like, yes, Chris is there doing an amazing job, but you also acknowledged on camera that, you know, yes, he's saving the dogs, but the dogs saved him. Yeah. That's kind of super. That's yeah. That's what, that's what's happening. Right. So, but at the same time, he must feel see a lot of sadness, though, right? Because you can't save all the dogs, right? So, no, but you can. This is the thing. So, since if you can't save all the dogs, should you do nothing, yeah. or no, should you course. try to save as much as you as much as you can? And here is that there's always the debate of not doing enough or there's not enough money for things. It's never enough, and there's always something going better somewhere else or money being placed in some other organization. However, what they're, the work that they're doing is not going unnoticed, and every single dollar really counts, and it's going the right way. And then if it's ever enough, probably not, because we as human beings are mistreating dogs, animals, people, the planet mm. so you know where do we begin and it's a it's an overwhelming that's overwhelming sure. where do we begin? what do we put our efforts into and the fact that these people are putting their efforts into something can never be criticized but th- that's the answer right there we all we put ourselves into one thing because we can't do it all like so we all we just try to channel ourselves into one kind of thing that hopefully is a positive outlook to life right but Exactly. We would love to do everything, right? Yeah, it's just, we're trying. Yeah, it's really hard. We're, we're trying. It's really yeah. hard. Step yeah. by step. Yeah. But I think it's a, probably a good a good moment to sort of say it, it, it's around fifteen hundred US dollars a day mm. to run the shelter. Okay, which is about about forty seven k a month. So it's about half a million a year. Okay, um, uh, which is not an insignificant. No, amount. not at all. Yeah. Um. And this is to be able to uh, sterilize, uh, perform surgery, take care of the daily operations, have staff, have veterinaries, have vets assistants on on sites, and be able to take these dogs out and give them as most uh, the most decent life uh, possible. So, but these are the these are the actual costs, and mm. for that to cost this amount also in Thailand really shows to the means that are actually needed to have a facility like this it's uh, they are a great organization for um the the ones who need it the most it is also a significant cost so we're happy that we could help out in the way that we could in just you know a short film of course yeah you can donate by going to tm tmtrd.org yeah okay. the man that rescues.org and you can you can donate on there and 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 to you know truly the purpose of the film was to bring 
you know, one full exposure to, because, you know, when you follow the account you, on Instagram, especially because they're, they're doing very well on Instagram and TikTok, mm -hmm. you learn everything's about the pups and rightly so. But it was obvious that actually there should be something on, you know, Michael and Chris and the vets that work there who are all local and the staff who are all local. And it was super important for us to really kind of like capture the human element and the machine behind what is giving these pups such a wonderful quality of life. So I, I, I want to ask you about a particular scene in the film that you're shooting in the operating scene where there, it's a sad, sad, it's a sad moment and everybody's trying to save this dog. And uh, Chris is like, he's, he's, he's bawling. How like and you're just grabbing the footage. So from a, like a, just from a filmmaking standpoint, you're holding it together and you're just, you're just grabbing this amazing footage. Do you remember what you were experiencing in the moment? Or are you just on, going on instinct? You're just like, you're just doing what you need to do because you're a professional filmmaker. But do you remember that, how you were feeling in that moment when you're shooting that footage? Yeah. So I think, I think what's really interesting about, you know, whether it's this scenario or you're filming in an operating room on a, you know, woman that's having a double mastectomy, which I've done, um, I think when you're in the zone, all you're focusing on is focus, exposure, is the audio running? And then the realization that this moment is never going to happen again. Mm -hmm. You need to get this and you need to get it in a way that you can tell the story. Um, you kind of, you zone out from the emotion. Although the interesting bit is, is like when it's so sensitive and everyone's so upset, you know, you do want to ask, the occasional question, but you've got to get the timing right because you obviously don't want to be insensitive. But at the same time, you want to elicit some form of emotion. The bit where it gets you is in the edit. Yeah, okay. When you're removed from the scenario, you're now absorbing all of the situation, you're in the edit and you're going back and forth and back and forth across all the footage. That's where it gets. Yeah. Of, so. But are you, you also like, are you happy that you're getting... That you're how you're proud of yourself that you got the footage though you're like wow i got i nailed this yeah so are you gonna say no it's do you feel like there's a distance when you have a camera between you and what is going on yeah. that you're a bit protected yeah protected's a good word actually gotcha. it's like as long as you've got the as long as you've got the camera in between you and the situation i think that's like your protective bubble but if you're there like if i didn't have the camera and i was just you know along with chris i think it would have been an incredibly emotional moment. But I mean, the truth is um, I'm filming with a red, the red films at 6K uh, and the card run out. And well, I could see the time ticking down on the card and my other card was down in the office because I wasn't expecting this to happen because we ran up there. Yeah. Now, you know, you could, you could argue that every good filmmaker carries a load of cards in his pocket and maybe that should have been the answer, but it wasn't. And so I knew I had like five minutes to run Denta was, this was minute 40 into Denta's CPR. So these guys weren't giving up. And I was thinking, again, without trying to sound too, you know, not emotional about it, I was thinking, I've got to capture the moment where the vet puts the stethoscope on her heart and either nods her head and Denta's okay or shakes her head and Denta's not okay. I've got to capture that moment. And that happened. I put it onto slow motion, high speed because I wanted the slow shake. That happened with about 30 seconds to go on the card. 
And you'll know in the film that after that comes the photographs, right? Yeah. That's because I didn't have the film camera to capture the aftermath. So I have my Leica on my shoulder. I whip that out and then manage to get the aftermath. Which You're I feeling anxiety. Like you have anxiety that you need to capture this footage and you and we, you don't have much time left. Yeah. As yeah. that clock's ticking down, it's in the red and you can see it on the yeah. thing screen. You're like, oh no. That is very documentary filmmaker of you. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't think I told you that story, did I? No. no. Josephine, that's an exclusive for Josephine. <laughs> oh you. wow. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, that that's you're like so that's what you're feeling. You're feeling anxiety because you're like you, you know that this is the magic moment, right? So yeah. I mean, I've, been, I've been in a lot of high pressure situations in my life, but yeah. you know, this is you know, it's like running running half a full marathon. What's the point if you can't cross the line? Yeah. But this is the this is the skill set and the magic and the preparation and crisis response. And, you know, I did have my phone on me as well. So I, in my back of my mind, I was like, I'll whip out the iPhone and and get it that way. But I thought yeah. the photographs were more sort of impactful. Wow. So we our audience uh, sent the audience feedback to you. What did you think about the our audience had to say about your film? It was it was just lovely how people are so very sensitive to the cause and uh, to the organization and what they're doing. Um, for me, watching that was unexpected. First of all, I wasn't expecting for, you know, people to give their feedback. I feel like every time I, in my industry, receive feedback, it's because it's negative. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing, hearing this and people actually taking the time and talking about the what you did and how you put this together and the actual cost was really, really extremely valuable. It really moved us both. Yeah. I think, you know, where Joe really came in handy was like in the post-production, you know, you're You've got to have that extra set of eyes on the first cut, the second cut, the third cut. You've got to have that slightly different perspective on storytelling. Have you missed something? You know, probing questions on, did you get this? And it was just like a really good team effort kind of to to sort of net out at a, you know, you can't think of everything as a filmmaker. But there were the very nice comments in the, yeah. from the from the videos of the people who had made comments. Yeah. And it was really it's touching, wasn't it? It was really touching, yeah. Yeah. I mean, who doesn't like dogs? I mean, so and that was the other thing about making the the edit was like there has to be a positive aspect to this, right? Because the, the cold open is so sad yeah. that you don't yeah. want to keep people sad for 15 minutes. So it's finding that balance. And then Chris's story is actually quite sad. So we had lots of conversations about how you intersperse what were the really important bits of the story, but how do you, how do you elevate? How do you sort of do this, mm. you know, yeah. make people feel sad, but also then as a, a nice positive response. It feels like it. from the comments that people saw that. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, that's, uh, it's very lovely. Yeah. I mean, we're totally, unex totally unexpected, by the way. I mean, yeah. we, we never thought this was going to get picked up for screening, let alone win best direction. So, we're kind of still a little bit like, what? you know, I don't, I don't think it's really sunk in yet, if I'm honest. Yeah. Well, you guys, well, it's on YouTube now so people can watch it. And then, but uh, 
this is a no-brainer uh, acceptance to to any festival, really. So I don't know what festivals you submitted to, but somebody who watches lots of films and and, and accepts his, like shows watches a lot of short films. This is a pretty exceptional film. So hopefully it does well for you. Whatever you whatever you want to get out of it. Well, it's also exceptional recognition for you as a director for this movie and for the organization too. So we're forever grateful. Yeah. What did what did Christopher think of the film when he saw it? <laughs> he he said like he watched it like well he's lot he's watched it loads of times but the first three times he just said he just cried. Yeah, because he's never told his story before either. Like no one knows his story, and so I don't know. Maybe do you think there was a healing kind of maybe a healing bit in that of him being able to talk about it or? Yeah, probably. You know, the so, when you leave far from home, and maybe it's a way to leave things in the past, and then you stir it up again. It's not an that's not very that's not easy. So there's definitely maybe something in that. Yeah. Yeah, and Chris works hard. Like he gets up at four a.m. He's with the dogs until you know three or four. He's there 10, 12 hours a day. He does it day in day out, and I think it was probably a nice thing a, a nice piece of content for him to look at and kind of reflect on just what an important job he's doing because when you're in the thick of it and you don't get really any recognition you don't realize just, just what in a, it yeah. yeah so i think that hopefully had a, a nice positive impact on him yeah i think it was very it probably was very therapeutic for him to watch it and kind of and, and see this that like like you know talking about the camera is like a shield in a way that he's just he's just grinding through his day. He just he forgets what he's doing, and then you're giving him perspective, right? Like you're giving him kind of like an outside point of view of like what he does. Yeah, and... it would be so interesting to go to go back. Actually, there's a plan to go back for sure. Uh, well, you know, we're all friends here. <laughs> to go back and definitely support them further and. Uh, He's such a great uh, leader for this, too, and what he does. Hopefully, he's finding this to be healing, like you said, Matthew. And maybe it would just be, like, you know, good all over. That wouldn't that be great? There's so much positive about this film. Yeah. Like, it just oozes positivity. And in a world of a lot of negativity, you know, as Josephine said, it's like when you get comments that are not usually constructive or positive ones <laughs> and you look at the comments on the youtube so i use the film to launch my youtube channel as well and gotcha. you look you look at the comments on there and there isn't one single negative in the hundreds of comments that are which right. is a miracle for youtube videos yeah <laughs> yeah right you're scared you're petrified to look at the comments because yeah. you're going to be like this is going to break me yeah, you need to have thick skin for sure. But it's it was so everything's been so constructive and great. And it feels like, you know, this is giving some extra additional fuel to go back and continue to do good. Yeah. And you and in the blog interview, you Michael, you wrote that you're not you're you're still looking for another film. Like you you're not currently working on a film right now. Well, I so I, I work for GE Healthcare and I okay. do all their documentaries in the healthcare space. Um, but what's really important to us at the moment is to try and focus on some really important philanthropic 
projects that either involve, you know, the extinction of animals or pups or, you know, covering a subject where the subject matter doesn't have a voice. And I think we want to try and find some projects where we can give that subject matter a voice. We can give it some recognition. Um, but, you know, like with the wheelchair mafia, it's just something we stumbled across. It wasn't like mm. it was a plan to go to Bangkok and film. It was just, wow, this is here. And then it un what unfolded. I mean, that's not the usual way things play out, obviously. But no, if anyone knows of any really cool philanthropic stuff, <laughs> um, we're definitely open to some conversations. It's got to involve <laughs> you guys are that this is an amazing film you guys are great and the, the, even the way like there's a story within the story about how you you got the film done and thanks for sharing that that you almost ran out of, out of like you're in the magic moment and you almost ran out of, out of film but basically in today's world right so basically it's amazing that you got it done so congratulations josephine uh looks like he's you're really kind of uh, an inspiration for michael as well so you guys make yes. a good team so are you Thank you. We try and do good. Trying to do good, yeah. It's and easy Josephine, to do bad. It's hard to do good. So, I'm Josephine wears all the um all of the merchandise now as well. So it's the hat, the t of the t shirt. Of course, you know, got to represent in yeah. Paris. It's Fashion it's... Week now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and please, please edit the bit out about the card. We don't want anyone knowing about that. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> it's fine. Let's let's talk again when you make your next film. Uh, yeah. We can help out. We hope you can help out in any way. So we'll talk again. Thanks for all Thank the exposure. You so much. Thank you. One, two, three, four, five, six.